adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. And another thing, too, that I don't really care much for, like you said, can I be nuanced and fair? I can acknowledge that the defense <clears throat> improved under him. He has trouble her being, um, having any kind of fairness whatsoever to Matt Eberflus. He, <laughs> just, he just hates him. He just hated him from the day they hired him. Like, and most of the people that have it, most of the people, just because of his face and the way he talks and the way that he runs things like an office meeting, like a lot of people have strong opinions on him, but 99% of those people have formed those opinions based on what has actually transpired over two years. Tony started there. Did you just want somebody else to be the coach? And so when he came, he was like, I'm not giving you a chance. That's, he that doesn't even have a specific true. guy. No, you don't even I have did. a specific guy that you wanted. Mike McDaniel. I was on Mike McDaniel from Jump. I don't remember that. I, oh, I'm telling you, I have evidence. I'm I know you prior, like Mike McDaniel. No, 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 I have evidence. I can go back and show the tape from prior evidence. Where's the receipts? Back, back when Adam the young Hogue was still at NBC, me and Adam Hogue was championing Mike McDaniel. If you ask him right now, okay. text him right now, he will say Tony Gill was on the Mike McDaniel train. I'm going to do it right now. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm not friends so, with I'm not ahead. friends with Adam Hogue right now. So go ahead and um, answer Herb's question. So yes, that is also true. I definitely had another candidate in mind. Um, two, like the, his first like five words. I'm like, this is who you want to be the head coach. I think literally his first five words. That was how after, much time Tony gave him. That was the after, runway for Matt Eberflus. Five <laughs> words into the introductory <laughs> press conference. After being introduced, Good afternoon was I, I? I believe in uh, this isn't quote, but this is the gist of it. Was I guess he wanted a uh, an applause from you guys from the media as he was being presented. And I'm like, really? that's who you want to be your head coach? That's who you want? He's like, are he's, you looking for applause? Oh, no, I do remember I, that, that, that uh, like, pregnant right. pause he did. Yeah, I remember he did that. Ca- and he yeah, did kind of make that? a comment like, what, no applause or something like that. So I was like, all right, I'm 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 done. And then he pre- he proceeded to do his acronym. I was like, oh, he's acronym guy, too? Like, get him out of here. Put him to the sun, all right? <laughs> <laughs> there was a coach. I'm not going to say what team, what sport, what level or anything. Nah, you're going to figure it out anyway. It was Cam Cameron. Do you remember that guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cam Cameron coached the Dolphins for one season. It's the only season he's ever been a head coach, I believe. And they went 1-15, in and he got fired. When Cam Cameron was introduced, then he met with the media afterward just to talk about how we were going to run things. And at that time, it was not an NFL rule that coordinators had to talk to the media. And every every week, at least. And Cam Cameron, uh, we were pressing him because pre- the previous coach had been Nick Saban, who didn't allow that. And we were pressing Cam Cameron on, hey, how about, you know, when you get here, how about when you start, we get to talk to the coordinators. And Cam Cameron goes, I mean, guys, come on. Like, do you want to talk to the coordinators or do you want us to beat New England? And he kind of looks around. He kind of looks around the room and everyone's just sitting there staring at him like, what? What? We don't care if you beat New England. We want to talk to the, and everybody. We want to started, talk to the coordinators after New England blow y'all out. And we want to know why. Everybody was shocked. And then everybody kind of started mumbling one form of like, yeah, we want to talk to the coordinators. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come on, terrible. guys. 
But yeah, like he's, I just, I never uh, rocked him. Super from, nice man. Like really start. great guy. But I mean, you, yeah, Tony, Tony, Tony nice didn't man. like him. Tony didn't like him. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're right. You're probably and right. Also, and yeah. also it's like, I can acknowledge that he's good, you know, at, well, he made the defense better this year statistically, but sure. he's also good at a skill that I value less than a person that can grow a quarterback. Of course. Like significantly less. That like, was the I, problem honestly, from the, from the I, jump with the hire. Honestly, I don't care if the defense was, was last. Like, the Chiefs prove that you don't have to have a top 15 defense to win the Super Bowl. I get it. It's an anomaly because they have that guy. But it's been proven to be possible. So, like, if you have a guy that understands quarterback play, how to build an offense, I value that way more than I will ever value a defensive guru. Just to yeah, be but, honest. But in Chicago, that's always going that's always gonna go over because Chicago Bears fans are, are just used to defense and running game. And so we're like, hey, we're gonna get a defense that can hold you to 17. And if we can get to 17, certainly if we can get to 20, we expect to win that game. And that would have worked fine for you throughout the Erlacher era and certainly, you know, through the singletary era, but like <laughs> It football's different now. Everything's been so heavily skewed toward the offense. You need to be able to put up more than 17. Now, the Packers didn't need more than 17 in the last game of the season to beat the Bears. But, you know, the game is different. But I don't know how many – a lot of these coaches haven't really got to that space yet and thinking, you know, we got to outscore somebody, which is fine with me. I kind of like – I still like old school football. Tone, Adam Hogue has checked in and said that he believes you are correct – that you and him were the only ones out there pushing for the Bears to hire Mike McDaniel. And he believes there's probably some tweets out there that support that. I also believe that whatever tweets you did name, you did use uh, to advocate for him, probably you referred to him as Mike McDaniels. I I picture you not having his name quite right. You got to treat like Aldi's and Jules. (laughs) That is what would happen here. (laughs) That is what would happen here. Yeah, Yeah, no, and I found it weird that we were we were literally and it was partially funny, but also like dead serious. I was like, I don't think you guys understand what he was doing with uh with the Niners in their their run game. Right. Like I don't think people actually understood what, what he was doing. It was very innovative, it was very smart. Um, and I don't think anybody took him seriously. Uh, and they should have. So shout out to Big Did, y- Did y'all see that graphic they put up? I can't remember what game it was. I don't really think it was a Dolphins game. Maybe it was. But all of those coaches that came from, like, the 2013 Washington Redskins staff? Yeah, wild. It's uh, – it's like I think there's five, right? No, it was more than that. It was more like, than that. Well, it's like Sean seven, Mc- eight dudes. Three right now. Sean, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur. Is there another one? There may be a couple that are like OCs or DCs now, but all of these dudes, they were like Slowick. Yeah. I think that's what I was watching. Um, and all of these all of these dudes are now they they were like Was Zach Taylor there? I don't know. Yeah, you could see if you can look it up, Tone. Just look up Washington. It'd be the old name. I Herb, since you brought that up, I have gotten so hooked. I we might have talked about this last time you were on. I've gotten so hooked on the um Hard Knocks in season with the Miami Dolphins. It's pretty good. The reason that I say that as though it's a revelation is because I watch so little sports programming. 
Yeah, I know you do. Ever outside of work. So it's very rare that I would get into anything. I will occasionally watch games. I like watching an NBA game. I like watching NFL good games like Sunday night games or playoff games. I'll be watching this weekend. But I very, very rarely watch any. I didn't watch any of the QB series on Netflix that everybody loved. Mm -hmm. I've not been a hard knocks watcher uh, until now. And it's really Mike McDaniel that I'm so hooked on as a character in the show. And they cut back in the I'm behind. That doesn't mean I'm not interested in it. I'm behind on any show that I like. They <laughs> It's the best the, way to watch it though, honestly. The episode, I'm yeah, it. yeah, because you can just let it run. Yeah. Right. The episode where they were playing at Washington, he was going back to Washington. They pulled a clip where he was mic'd up on the sideline as whatever assistant coach position he had then. And it's mm-hmm. the it was the same guy. Same guy. It was eleven years ago. It was this this pipsqueak assistant coach. I don't even know if he was a position coach at that point. And he was he's the exact same guy. That's what was so cool about all about all of those dudes that were on that staff that they were like defensive quality control and now they're like the most brilliant offensive minds in the league. So um Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. was the OC. 49ers head coach. Bob Slowick was a linebackers coach. That is the, the Texans, Texans OC. offensive coordinator who's thriving mm-hmm. right now. Uh, yeah. Defensive backs coach was Raheem Morris. Okay, former wow. uh, eventual head coach for the yeah. Bucks, and, pro- and maybe another head, maybe a head coach again this year. Matt Lafleur, quarterbacks coach. Okay, obvious. Mike McDaniel, wide receivers. Obvious. Sean McVay, tight end. Obvious. <laughs> That's who was the head coach in there? Was it Gruden? No, it started. It, it, was, it, it started was, with it started with Mike. It was Mike Shanahan? Shanahan. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Man. Man, that's 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 a that's the coaching tree right there, man. I'm uh I'm a hundred percent in. Not that I was really that hesitant on him before, but I'm now one hundred percent in on Matt Lafleur. Yes, yeah, it's that's tough another, not to that, be. That's another thing about like Flucy too, is it's like, all right, I don't I don't think that at least top. Talent wise, I think Justin Jefferson is the best is is the best player out of the, the Bears and Vikings. So I think okay. they have that kind of over the Bears. Uh Detroit overall has a better roster than the Bears. Uh and Matt LaFleur, I think he's just smarter than Matt Eberflus. Hmm. Like I can't pick one thing out that the Bears have over the rest of the teams in, in the division. Um like they may have a better roster than the Packers, but I don't think he'll ever beat the Packers consistently because I just think Matt LaFleur is just a better coach. Herb, I always err on the side of giving the player credit. Like when I hear about such and such, you know, turned around so-and-so, I I still want to give more. The player is the one doing the work. Sure. But if you if you had to guess off one season now where Jordan Love almost led the NFL in touchdown passes this year, if you had to say who's who's done the better job, is that more Jordan Love and he was just that good and he would have done it anywhere? Or is it more Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing and Matt LaFleur probably could have done that with other guys too? Yeah, I, I go LaFleur, but I would I would also go a little bit of you know transitive theory on this one. I would give Aaron Rodgers some credit too. Like I think just sitting behind that dude and watching him in the system and how he plays, you see some of that kind of that kind of style, that touchdown pass he threw, the, the one he just kind of 
drifted and floated back. That was very, very Roger-esque in terms of understanding what was happening and putting the ball where it was about where it needed to be, where the receiver was on his way to. And so um, certainly if I had to choose between LaFleur and Love, I would go LaFleur. But I would put Rodgers in there too and just what they've built over there over time. I don't think it's happenstance that they just continue to be successful, especially on that side of the ball, especially at the quarterback position. So, yeah, I think LaFleur has done a really good job of understanding what that kid does well, what he struggles with, and then putting him in positions to highlight what he does well. I think that's a sign of a really good coach. And shout out to Matt LaFleur. He's he's doing it for sure. I was up there last week during the early part of the week to do a story on Jordan Love. And I talked to Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. And they're playing Dallas this week, and I don't think they have any shot. I think they'll – I don't either. And I don't usually think – the Cowboys are going to win any playoff game, but I'm pretty sure they'll win that one. And I found a couple of things interesting. I think that Jordan Love, while he did benefit from sitting, I don't, I don't think that's just a tried and true strategy. Some guys are ready right away. CJ Stroud was ready right away this year. Mm-hmm. I think there, we have every reason to believe that Patrick Mahomes would have been ready right sure. away. I, I wouldn't be sitting here thinking, wow, it was really that year. Sitting, year behind uh, Alex Smith. With, with Matt Nagy watching Alex Smith that really changed it all for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but I, I there's a couple things that I think I that I see that are right with Green Bay's situation that are not always right when you're when you have a young quarterback. And I think this has been a problem for the Bears and for other teams. One, uh Jordan Love looked good from the jump. That season opener, he came out and Everything looked smooth. He was ready. They were prepared as an offense. And this is a team with like really not a lot at wide receiver Mm -hmm. and with offensive line injuries. And he was just, everything looked right. Everything about their offense looked fluid and cohesive. And then he kind of fell off a cliff after that. He was bad for a while. And this was another thing I was interested. I was talking to some people up there about what has the reaction publicly been to Jordan Love? Because in Chicago, it's wildly turbulent. It is mm-hmm. all over the place. Justin Fields has a good game and people overreact and want to throw a parade. He has a disaster game and people say he's the worst quarterback in the NFL and, and neither should be happening. Right. He, it, it's But that up and down, that fluctuation in Chicago, in my opinion, comes from having grown up here, the desperation of all these years of not having it at quarterback and you want so badly for it to be true that when Tyson Bajan comes in and throws for 170 yards and beats yeah. the Raiders, you're yeah. like, Oh, finally, finally. <laughs> it's like, well, hold, hold on, hold on, buddy. Cause we were doing that for fields like three weeks ago. Hold on against the commanders. Hang on up there. It hasn't been like that up there. If you are, if you're our age, if you're 30 to 50 or so, whatever, You've had you've had solid quarterback all the way through. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know how how um, what is the public temperament in general for him up there? And what I gathered was that there's a lot of patience. Mm. There was not the turbulence that there is down here. There was give him time. He'll figure it out. Or we'll move on. There was not this urgency, this desperate panic to try to mm-hmm. claim so-and-so is the guy, whether it's Mitch or Justin Fields or Tyson Bajan for a week or whoever the next quarterback is. Um, another thing is 
continuity is so important in the NFL and in college football, I guess in all sports, but only if you have the right guy. Right. Don't you, does anybody still think, you know, Matt Nagy should still be coaching the Bears to see if maybe right. one of these years, maybe year eight, year nine, it finally clicks. Right. But if you have, it's easy to see with guys like Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh because they've been around so long. And when I, when I'm thinking continuity, I'm thinking you have the right guy and you are so certain of that, that they get the margin for some, some downtimes sure. Pitt, and Pittsburgh hasn't had them. Pittsburgh no. still hasn't had them, but no. you, they they get the margin where okay, a couple of losing seasons, three even, you know, when there's some explanations for that with the roster, so and so, you know, retired or so and so, you know, didn't work out. Season ended injury. You traded all your draft picks away like the Rams, and so then you're kind of stuck in in your overspent on the cap, and you got to let Jalen Ramsey go or you got to let Tyree Kill go. When you have that guy, you stick with that guy because that's the guy to dig you out of the hole. Right. And it's harder to get it's harder to be to see down the road on that a little more. Like I said, it's easy to see it with Andy Reid or John Harbaugh or Mike Tomlin. But I think I see that in Matt LaFleur, where if the Jordan Love thing had bombed out, I think I still would have wanted Matt LaFleur, if I'm running the Packers, to be the one to kind of steer them out of that. I would have given him the margin to do that. And one of the things I liked that Matt LaFleur said was if you're familiar with Jordan Love's season, we're getting really football-y here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a national audience, and I think there's some interest in the NFL playoffs this weekend. But if you follow Jordan, if you have followed Jordan Love's season at all, started great against the Bears, looked terrible against everybody else until about mid-season, it finally clicked. Great second half of the season, almost led the league in touchdown passes. Had I think it was a top ten season in Green Bay Packers history for touchdown passes, which is saying a lot, given mm-hmm. who's played quarterback there in their history. When I asked Matt LaFleur, when did you start to see it turn for Jordan Love? He saw it. He said he saw it in a game that they lost to the Steelers, which is an odd thing to bring up to say it was in a loss. And if you go look at it, numbers-wise, a game where Jordan Love didn't play very well at all. Like through some picks, uh, I think he was around 50% completions. Awful game in a loss. But he said you could see it. And, and he sounded like Matt Nagy when he said this. He said it wasn't what you thought it was. You could see that the plays, there were plays we missed that were so close. And I just knew those were going to start turning for us. Those were going to start happening. And if you've followed a team like the Chicago Bears or the Miami Dolphins before Mike McDaniel got there or a lot of other teams in the league, you've heard that before. You've heard your coach tell you it's this close, it's this close, it's this close. Matt LaFleur was right. It actually was that close. He knew what he was talking about. And then I would say the final piece of the puzzle, the the final thought I had really um, kind of diving deep and really paying attention to Jordan Love was during the game. And there have not been a lot of guys that I've seen do this well. One of my things that I like, um, I'm I'm not an expert. I'm just a sports writer. I don't, I didn't play in the NFL. I don't have the expertise to really tell you the things that Kurt Warner could tell you about quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. but I like just as a guy who appreciates seeing this done. Well, I like seeing great quarterbacks and seeing the one thing that I'm just really impressed by with them with Peyton Manning. It was just the accuracy, just watching him. And I remember watching him in warmups in Miami 15 years ago and just how accurate the ball was. Uh, with Brett Favre and Patrick Mahomes, it's the off-balanced, off-angle throws that 
They get just enough accuracy and power on that they get there. I love that. With Justin Fields, it's the escapability. I, I just, there's, there's nobody like that. I've never seen, Michael Vick wasn't that good, wasn't as good as he is mm-hmm. at no. getting out of trouble like that. I mean, they're just unbelievable plays. With Jordan Love, it's that you should set your watch to whatever the clock in his head is because the Bears got push on the line that entire game and Jordan Love didn't have to, he wasn't looking around. He just knew. He just knew every single time, time to go, ball out. And and he playing that way still threw for three hundred yards and I think two touchdowns. Yeah, one, I think one maybe was it one or two? He had a good game. Threw for three hundred yards playing that game where you have to just hey two point five seconds it's out. Yeah, I think that there's something to be said for the time that he's that he sat right. A lot, a lot of people are like you know he's he's first time starter you know for a full season, and for some reason in our minds you kind of almost equate that to him being a rookie and it's it's not the same at all he came in ready to play he had seen a lot of football he watched a lot of film he'd been in quarterback rooms for years behind one of the best to ever do it and you can you can just kind of see it's not too big for him and I certainly he had you know his time we had to adjust to it and I think he came in and he had a good game and then the league kind of adjusted to what they saw him do week one and he had to readjust to that and once he found his way uh he's got the ability to, to play at a high level in this league. We saw that. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed with him on, on week 18 Sunday against the bears. Um, I'm not saying he's going to the hall of fame. I'm just saying that one uh, attribute, he is great in that attribute. No, nah, no doubt. No doubt about that. He's, he's on time. He's with it. Even like so I'm saying on that touchdown pass, he knew time. This ball has to come out but it needs to be over there. And my guy isn't even closer there. So I got, but I also know I have enough space to put some air under this thing. You just kind of float it to him. And that was very Aaron Rodgers like. And so, yeah, I, I like some of the things I saw from him. Um, just going back to that game though, it was a lot of empty yards, right? I know he threw for like 316 or whatever it was, 317. And it was, so, it was a lot of empty yards. I was, I was talking about them scoring 17 points and I wasn't mentioning that as a negative thing. But you throw for 317 and you 316, whatever, and end up with 17 points. It's a lot of empty yards. And I only they, mentioned they, that. They could have topped 30, though, pretty easily. If they missed a field goal. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's. Fumbled at midfield and they kind of just let a possession run out at the very end of the game. I'm glad you said that because that's the point that I that I wanted to oh, make man, about I, it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump your point. Sorry. No. <laughs> I'm glad Our you said that. chemistry is off, man. No, nah, a little off. bit. A little bit, um, but I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because some of the things turned into empty yards because of mistakes he made in the red zone. So that first field goal they missed, that came they missed the field goal after he took a sack to Demarcus Walker. And I see if Justin Fields takes a sack in the red zone and it knocks them, it makes the field goal tougher and they end up missing it. Everybody kills him for that. Like you can't take that sack right there. And then you fast forward and you go to the end of the half. They don't have any timeouts. He throws that out route that doesn't get out of bounds. You can't make that throw right there, right? You got to throw it to the end zone or throw the ball out of bounds. That's two times he kind of cost them some points and just left them. They, they drove 80 yards down the field, but no points on either of those drives because of two mistakes that he made. And I was just finding it interesting all week because nobody was talking about those things. But if Justin makes those types of mistakes that takes points right off the board, 
everybody kills him for it. And mm-hmm. I, it's just, it was just something but I observed. Love has a bigger body of work of, A, a he made uh, enough good plays to overcome it sure. in that game. Absolutely. And he has a bigger body of work of success. And it, it's one of those things like Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, they throw some picks, but they do, they can overcome that. They're not, they're not fighting and clawing to get to 200 yards, maybe passing every week. And, you know, a couple interceptions or, or a, a sack that loses out that costs you a field goal. If you're, if you're Justin Fields, I mean, that'll sink you. And <laughs> That'll sink the offense. And also just there's the credibility issue. And Jordan Love is an interesting comparison because he's only been playing one season. Mm -hmm. But in that one season, Jordan Love has, I I would say, you know, he almost led the league in touchdown passes this year. He's got a little more credibility where you'll give him some thousand yards. You'll give him some margin to be like, okay, those are a couple of screw ups. And especially in year one as a starter. I mean, that's a really good year one as a starter right there. No doubt. Let's start the show. That's a lot of Green Bay Packer quarterback talk to start the show. That's that's just where it ended up, man. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure, your host. Herb Howard is in for Russ Dorsey today. What's up, Herb? Shout out to Russ, man. Well, thank y'all for having me. It's always, always a pleasure to hang out with y'all. Thank you so much. Herb Howard from the Bigs and from CHGO in Chicago. And if you're ever in Chicago... You, as soon as you land here, you will see Brian Erlacher hair replacement billboards everywhere. And then once you get to wherever you're going, you will see Herb Howard on every television screen all the time, <laughs> seven days a week. Right? There's been, there's been, there's been a pretty big TV run uh, uh, of late here for sure. <laughs> I feel like everybody knows about you now. Well, you know, listen, the the first time I was walking through the airport and somebody like yelled my name and wanted to talk to me, I was like, yo, this is is different. Um, I was flattered and appreciative and had a great conversation with with the man. Shout out to Anthony. Um, But, yeah, it's it's turned it's it's turned into a bit into a bit of a thing, a bit of a thing. As it's on TV, as we record the show on what is it? Wednesday night? Wednesday night. I'm on TV. Yeah. I'm on TV right now. I mean, my TV isn't on. I'm not that narcissistic, but I do know looking at the clock that I'm actually on TV right now. Shout out to Kaylin Sharkey. I did a piece with her for WGN. <laughs> I'm glad you brought her up because I want to play a clip from when she was in that chair a couple weeks ago. But uh, we also have our producer, the littest producer in the game, Tony Gill. Mm-hmm. Father of one. Soon to be more. Soon to be more. Y'all running the bike? Breaking news? No, I'm just projecting. Like probably, you know, just practicing. The boy is still young and vibrant, so you know. I the over under how many kids Tony two, Gill has. The over under on how many children Tony Gill eventually has is nine and a half. Nine and a half. That should be illegal. I bet the under. Russ bet the over. <laughs> I'll go under, but slightly, like eight, <laughs> nine. <That's, laughs> anything over six should be illegal. Just okay. the fact that you're considering six lets us know that we aren't too far off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I what, I think once you go over two, you're asking for trouble. Mm-hmm. Once there are more of them than you, mm-hmm. then you have to shift to zone defense all the time. <laughs> That's, That's a good way good. to put it. That's it's fun. like you're on penalty kill 24-7. Mm-hmm. People like Tony make me feel like it's my responsibility to 
not have children. I got to balance this world out somehow. You know what I mean? Like Tone's going to have enough <laughs> for me. And, and like, so it's like, I'll just, I'll just remain in my uncle and godfather role and I'll leave the, the, the fathering to Tone. Look, the world isn't getting any better. So I got to put good people in the world, man. Okay, I su- I support that. I mean, you're yeah, yeah, I would like more Tony Gills in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. It'll be kind of a, a wacky world, but they'll but they'll be nice, good-hearted, loyal, caring people. So It'll be good. nice wacky. It won't be like Yeah. You know, yeah. jump over the bailiff and punch the judge wacky, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, Tony Gill is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. And they're running a great deal right now, 24% off of everything for 2024. That's a huge savings. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Get yourself the sheet set, 100% eucalyptus. All three of us on this show right now have the sheet set, and we all love it. Silky smooth, 100% eucalyptus fibers. Just go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. And Herb, we're going to play that clip of from uh, when Caitlin Sharkey was hosting in just a couple couple minutes here. Uh, Sports Jason is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer. Your first bet with BetMGM gets paid back in free future betting credits up to $1,500 if you don't win. Just use our promo code ADJACENT1000. Good time to try it out this weekend with the NFL playoffs. I think there's six games from Saturday to Monday. Going to be pretty good. Uh, a lot of interesting ones. We were just talking about Packers, Cowboys. Uh, you're probably going to bet on those anyway. So if you're going to do it, go to BetMGM. Use our promo code Adjacent1000. Get that special offer of first bet. You either win, great, or if you don't, then you get it. Uh, you get reimbursed in free future betting credits to give it another shot. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Herb, I want to play this clip for you from a couple episodes when Caitlin Sharkey was in. Caitlin, when I saw you today at Hallis Hall, did you were you part of the Jalen Johnson media scrum? I was. Mm-hmm. Did, were you there at the beginning when he held up his Jordan shoe to quiz everyone on if they knew which model it was? Yes, and I guess fourteen only because I read did the you? Roman numerals. I okay, mm-hmm. you say that in hindsight, Tone. Would you have known this one? I'll hold it up the picture for you. Would you have known this yes. offhand? Okay. Really? Yeah. I didn't I didn't know it offhand, but like he kept moving it around and everyone was quiet. And then I heard you your your comment, Jason, and then I looked in the inside and saw the Roman numerals and I was like, ah, 14. Oh, well then you didn't know. You just can no. read Roman numerals. Okay. Just means, yeah, you would know what to do with a uh yeah. Why do you have that clock. skill, Caitlin? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know Roman numerals. Tony, do you not know Roman numerals? No. How do you, how do you know what Super Bowl we're on? Yeah. yeah, whatever they, whatever the broadcaster saying is. <laughs> well, my my comment, he held this up. It was a crowd of people around Jalen Johnson, the very good Bears cornerback, and he held up this shoe and he said, "Before we start, somebody's got to tell me which Jordan this is." And when you said you heard my comment, my comment was, "I didn't know what number it was, but I knew it was from 1998. I knew it was the shoe that he wore." during that season, during his last bull season. Um, and I think that should count as partial credit. I know it's not right. I know that is not the correct answer, but I think it was a correct answer to say 98. Was Herb Howard not there? No. 
Herb was not there. We know what you're getting <laughs> okay. at, Tony. We know what you're getting at here. He's always getting at that. Hey, Tony, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I would have known. Um, yeah, I know you would. I knew you would. That's all. I was like, okay, was her power, and that's how I know that. Uh, you know, we're still working on some inclusion things going on in in the major sports area because nobody can answer that. You know, it's funny that you asked that question while they were, while they were having that conversation. Jalen Johnson himself, who is no stranger to just walking into his pressers and quizzing the media, yeah, kind of did that to me earlier this season. He comes in. Yeah, he's done that before. And he's got he's got like a brush. And he's like, hey, what's this? And I'm like, it's a brush, bro. And he's like, what's this? And I'm like, it's a do-rag, bro. Like, what, what, are you, what are you getting at? But then he also has this hand-attaching device. And he's like, what's this? And they were all like, I don't know. And so he looks at me and he's like, you don't know? I'm like, first of all, don't do that. Like, you're doing too much. Second of all, no, I don't know what that is, bro. He's like, it's a it's a wave pad. And he's like, he's brushing, he's like he's rubbing the top of his head with his wave pad. That's hilarious, man. Like, shout out to Jalen Johnson, but shout out to you. That's 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 DEI at his finest tone. <laughs> I took it light on the beverages this evening just mm-hmm. for you, Jason. This is I appreciate my, that. Yeah. Only my second one. I yep. I don't want to paint you in a an inaccurate way. But <laughs> there have been past experiences where we've done this show with you late at night. I was pretty lit. I remember that day. Well, there we go. Thank you. I'm glad. I was trying to think of a I was trying to think of the most polished way I could put that, but uh you oh, just, I- you just went there for me, so that's good. I remember that day for sure. <laughs> I, I remember looking at the clock like, I should probably leave this bar because I'm going to be on Sports and Chasing. <laughs> it's good. I'm glad you're thinking responsibly. Good. There, there's um, been – we used to do this show late at night a lot, Tone. We used yeah. to do this show a lot of times. Like, we're doing this at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night. It used to be normal, remember? Yeah, I did. And uh, post being a dad, like I had to take a nap for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm li- I literally set an alarm for nine forty five, so Good. I can wake up. And I needed some sugar, so I got a root beer because, dude, I was this was late. I am usually <laughs> shutting it down, yes, or near shutting it down for the for the night now. And my preference would probably be to do the show when we record it, like, around noon. Uh, but half the year, I'm at work every day during the football season. And Russ's job now, when we started this, Russ was doing baseball writing and had some time midday or late morning. And uh, that's not the case anymore for him. He works kind of a more conventional work schedule. So we do this at night most of the time, but we don't usually have to do it this late. And I had to push it back. Because we had Bears end of season press conferences on Wednesday, and that's my main job. And I kept kind of pushing it back, and I was like, all right, it's going to probably have to be like 10 o'clock. And I saw Herb there today, so we we talked about this in person. And I, I'm like, mm, I, I better tell him. I'm like, hey, Herb, listen, we're, if it's going to be late, you, you can't come on here and be three sheets to the wind. And Herb goes, don't worry, I'll only be two sheets to the wind. <laughs> That's what I said. Like, 
Tone, can you find the uh, can you find the or I love it's an old man phrase. I I've become more and more like uh, entertained by old man phrases, which I know you are too, Tone, because every every description I've heard you use for we'll call it relations, because that's probably the word you'd use oh. is the way an old person would the, the phraseology that an old person would use. Look that up for me while look up the origin of three sheets to the wind while I ask Herb this bears question. One second. This, one second. Go ahead. Because I was about to censor myself for what popped into my head when you talk about old man phrases. And then you went right into it when you were talking about relations. My entire childhood, my great uncle, my mom's uncle, right? Every time we were at a function, a family function. Mm-hmm. When he was time to go, he was a loud man. He got kicked out of one of my football games for cursing out a referee. He's just this big, loud man. But every time he was ready to leave a family function, he would be like, yo, nephew, I'm about to go. No, he's like, yo, nephew, me and your auntie about to go. It's about to be 10 toes up, 10 toes down. Oh, my. Okay. That's a lot. Know what that, I'm like five. I don't know what this means ever. Like the whole time, like he was dead and gone before I knew what that ever meant. And he had said it to me no less than 35 times. <laughs> Yo, nephew, me and auntie about to get out of here. It's about to be 10 toes up, 10 toes down. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a warm memory from Herb Howard's childhood. Here is the Bears question I want to ask you, and and we don't talk a lot of Chicago Bears on here, even though we're based in Chicago and that's what I do for a job. That is to some extent what Tony does for a job as well at NBC Sports. But I think this is an interesting discussion point, no matter what, where you live and what football team you follow. The Bears fired their offensive coordinator. The Bears also have quite a situation at quarterback where they have Justin Fields, who's three years in. Has gotten better, that's for sure. You could argue about, has he gotten better enough? Is he headed upwardly enough? Whatever. But he has gotten better. This is a very highly drafted quarterback from three years ago who has trended up in general. They also have the number one overall pick in the draft. And there's a bunch, you can argue all you want about Caleb Williams, but the general consensus is he is a generational talent at quarterback. He is the best quarterback prospect since... Trevor Lawrence three years ago, who was the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck nine years before that. This is not just the number one pick. This is a very rare number one pick. As the Bears go to hire an offensive coordinator, I'm going to put you in the spot where you're the candidate for this job, Herb, whether you're already a coordinator somewhere where you don't call plays or you're a highly regarded quarterbacks coach or O-line coach or receivers coach or something. Would you take the Bears offensive coordinator job if they wouldn't tell you what they're doing at quarterback? I would because I appreciate coaches who are able to tailor their system and even their week-to-week game plan around their personnel. And I know it's kind of natural for coaches to be so arrogant. You don't get to that level of coaching in the National Football League without believing that you know the very best way to win a football game. That being said, I think that the very best coaches, the Belichicks, the Tomlins of the world, what they're able to do is to adjust their game plan to fit the skill set that they have in a given season, in a given week, in a given drive. Like, 
And so I appreciate a coach who says, listen, if you give me Justin Fields, I can absolutely devise a game plan that will work with his, you know, 200 yards passing and 80 yards rushing. Like I can, I can do that. No problem. If you give me Caleb Williams, I can absolutely devise a game plan that will work for his 320 yards passing. And so I, I would be fine with that, but I don't know that most established OCs and play callers in the national football league would, I think they would want to know for sure. Okay. Well, who am I working with? Especially considering the fact that whatever they do, if this doesn't work, if it goes terribly wrong for the bears in 2024, then everybody's going to be fired. So I'm coming over here for 12 months. I might just, I might just book an Airbnb for 12 months. Like I'm not even buying a crib here because I don't know how long we're actually going to be here. And so I think as much as who's the quarterback is the instability or uncertainty at head coach would give me as much pause as anything. Again, for me, I'm okay with, you know, a flexible offensive mind, but I know that's not really the nature of most of these guys. So I could certainly see that being an issue when they sit down with some of the top candidates to be their next play caller. What do you think, Tone? Do you need to know? Because to me, they're very different jobs, very different jobs. Come try to uh, figure out what is going to work best for Justin Fields, who has already played three years and will be going into his third or fourth offense, I think. Or you're part of this nucleus, this brain trust that is going to evaluate all the possible prospects and pick which one is the best. And there's the, there are a couple very highly regarded talents in that class that we already know about. You're going to be instrumental in helping us pick this new quarterback, and then you get to be the first one to develop Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever. Those seem like really different jobs to me. I would need to know which one I'm signing up for. If I, assuming I have options, assuming this, assuming that I could, would be a coveted candidate elsewhere. What do you think, Tom? Uh, I think it only helps if you have all the information that you could possibly have for a job. Um, being kind of in the dark on a major decision as well as like, you know, who's going to be playing quarterback uh, for you. I think it only serves to help uh, everybody because uh, you can, the whole thing is especially whatever player um, that you have, you need to know as much as soon as possible. So you can develop a game plan, a rapport, a, uh, a style with uh, a connection with that player. So I, I don't think having less information helps. Um, so yeah, I would like to know what's going on with your quarterback position. So I'm prepared for it. Um, now that being said, I am on the train with Herb and saying whatever OC coordinator that you want to hire, they must be equipped to, or having their resume or know enough and be creative enough football wise to uh, be able to quarterback anybody that I yeah. need or anybody that shows up. Um, well, but that's from the team perspective. I'm saying right, if from, you only oh, if you're if the, the candidate. If I'm if I'm the candidate, yeah, I would I would yeah. like to know. Um, Obviously, the team would love to have you present twelve different plans, yeah, so they can evaluate and scrutinize each and every one of them. Mm -hmm. But I think. <laughs> I think you could be signing up for one job. You're not going to get to decide. That's another thing mm -hmm. is if they tell you, hey, we're not sure, you're not going to be the one that decides. They're going to decide and then you're going to have to help work with 
whatever that decision is. Yeah, if I'm if I'm the coordinator, if I'm going in that interview and I'm like, yeah, I have you know a resume, a strong resume to to work with a a bunch of different styles and be successful at it, but also considering the the type of situation that the Bears are in, like I'm not rushing for that job. <laughs> I'm not rushing to be the Bears offensive coordinator at this point. So as much as they're interviewing me, if I'm the said coordinator, I'm interviewing them as well. It's like, look, if you're gonna hire me, like I'm not gonna like I don't care where what you do. Like I'm here to do a job. Like what quarterback do you need? I can show you the game plan that I have. I have a game plan for Justin. I got a game plan for Caleb Williams. I got a game plan for, you know, all these things to show that I'm prepared. Uh, but again, more information is, is better than none. If I was the top candidate and I could choose the bears or the LA chargers, I, I, I want to go, <laughs> I want to go be, I want to go coordinate the chargers. They got Not Justin close. Herbert and they got Keenan Allen. And you know what I mean? Like it's, that would be an easy decision for me, but you know, me, I, I, because the bear, it, it's not like the bears are going to be able to tip their hand. They aren't going to be able to say in these interviews anything like, "Hey, we'll tell you who what we're thinking, but keep it a secret." Because yeah, cause no, it won't stay a secret. It'll get around. It won't stay a secret. Now it'll be around the entire league what you plan to do, and that's going to impact your leverage in terms of trading Justin Fields or trading the number one pick. And so, sounds um, like a they, PP to me. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible situation <laughs> to be in that you yeah. put yourself in. I don't care about that. <laughs> he killed himself, mama. Um, yeah. Tone, did you find three sheets to the wind? I did. During all this? Yep, I did. So three sheets to the wind uh, is, again, an adjective. You used it cor- uh, correctly, that phrase correctly, Jason. Yeah. Uh, to, it says it's a fairly mild way of saying that someone is very drunk. Uh, like many other expressions in English, it has its origins in seafaring. In the days of sailing ships, some ships had three sails per mast. At the end of each sail, there was a cord called a sheet that could be tightened or loosened depending on the strength of the wind. In okay. windy conditions, it was the custom to loosen the sheet so that the sails would fill out and make full use of the conditions. The ship would then pitch and roll in the stormy sea, drunk staggering about were to sit were said to resemble the movements of a ship with three sheets to the wind and the expression soon began to be applied to them too when you visit arizona time is measured in moments not minutes like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. All right, we're bringing this segment back at the request of my mom, who is one of our biggest fans of the show. That that helps you remember that you're still doing a small show. It it helps you at least kind of Kind of like keep that humble mindset, you know. We actually have a lot of listeners. It's great. I finally met but, your mom. Yeah, you did. Yeah, Tony came out for uh, my daughter's birthday mm-hmm. at my mom's house uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, sweet. Nice. Tony brought the fam. Mm-hmm. Everyone was happy to meet the little baby girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom was very upset last time you were on, Herb. She enjoys your appearances on here, and she was very upset last time you were on that we did not do Dear Herbie, which is similar to. Dear Abby. In fact, so similar that we actually used the questions from Dear Abby to do it. 
It's it's an incredible ripoff, but we do it anyway. So these are so good, Herb, and I'm so humbled Herb, that your mom loves this segment. Let's play. I've got a few for you. I've got four for you. Let's see how they are. Okay, dear Herbie, my girlfriend is the loveliest, smartest, most compassionate, and supportive person I know. You know when it starts out like that, there's a butt coming. <laughs> We've been together for a year and a half. Here's the butt. Multiple ex boyfriends call her and Ooh. want to hang out. And she wants that, too. By the way, she told me when I first met her, she had been in an open relationship. Not anymore. But, you know, that's in the past. Allegedly. What bothers me is worrying that the ex's intentions may not be good. Yet she feeds into it and tells me I need to trust her. I struggle with jealousy, anger, and distrust when this happens, Herbie. And I have shared these feelings with her. But she can't let these folks move on. Are my emotions wrong? He kill himself, mama. One of my favorite movie lines. This comes from Bad Boys 2 and the villain in the movie. He like shoots his friend in his dead in his mom's backyard. And his mom comes to the window like, what happened to him? And he's like, he killed himself, mama. Um, sir, you did this to yourself. Um, that woman told you from jump that she preferred or had been in open relationships. Now you put that together with the fact that number one, she's had multiple ex-boyfriends and several of them are calling her to reconnect or stay connected and right right <laughs> Air- <laughs> uh, call um, i mean air quotes are not the most effective thing you could do on a podcast but yeah we get it yeah we got it we got it um yeah see, see you, you do this you did this to yourself man and she's like Oh, I want to go hang out with him. And you need to trust me. You gave that woman no choice but to lie to you. She tried to be upfront and honest with you. You couldn't take it, but she still liked you. You said she's the kindest, smartest, most considerate person you've ever met. And then a year and a half, your nose is wide open for her. You gave her no choice but to lie to you. She tried to be honest and she tried to be transparent and she tried to be her most authentic self. You didn't allow her to, and you forced her to be a lying cheater. You deal with it, sir. You deal with it and you deal with it forever. She's going to always take those phone calls. She's going to always go out and meet up with those guys. You should have had that conversation with her early and said, I cannot do that. Or it's fine. We'll talk it through. We'll set some, some parameters and some boundaries and we'll figure out how to make this thing work. You didn't do that. Now you're going to live with the fact that she's going to be stepping out at her leisure. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. I like that. Hey, man, she getting clapped up. You understand me? No doubt. She's gonna need to come to grips with that. <laughs> and she's and, loving it. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the ex boyfriends are calling because they they miss uh, you know doing puzzles by the fireplace. Yeah, no, nah, nah big dog. You want you have to go in uh, either accept it or break up with her. So that's it. You know. All right. Well, we've solved that. There you go. Dear Herbie. My 21 and 17-year-old sons both live in an apartment that I rented for them. My question is, how often should I go there and clean and make dinner and visit? They're lazy and messy, and I feel like I need to step in to help more. Any suggestions? Hmm. Call ahead, mom. Call ahead. I shouldn't assume that was mom. Um, It was. Call ahead, mom. No, it was. (laughs) Um, Um. 
Yeah, just 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 give just give the boys a call. I don't know you're gonna come over and cook for them, or actually just cook at your house and then just drop the food off. Um, <laughs> they don't really like. They probably don't even really want you cleaning up. Like you can come in and straighten up some of the stuff, but there's probably some stuff going on in their bedrooms and stuff. They don't even want you really cleaning up everything like that. So they're fine with the mess and relative filth that they live in. You just you know you go to somebody else's house. You be polite. It's like, oh, it's kind of nasty in here, but I'm not going to say it. I'm in y'all house for a while. I just came here to say hello. Drop off this, you know, dish for y'all. You guys good? Everything cool? Okay, you guys still alive? And then you get on up out of there. Like, that, just just give yeah. give give the boys a heads up and 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 get on up out of there, man. Don't be don't do too much. Don't try to go over there cleaning up and 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 doing too much. I I don't nah. Tone, what do you do when you go over to somebody's house and you're like, oh, it's nasty over here. Uh, I, you know, make my visit short and, you know, <laughs> I make it awkwardly short to be like, Hey man, I ain't know where to sit. Uh, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm 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 catch you later. All right, big dog. Tone, Tone walks in and realizes five seconds into it. He's not taking his coat off for this visit. Nah. If okay, the bathroom never, is not. Yeah. I, I haven't been in that situation, so. I'm I'm grateful. Good, that. good. Hopefully, I'm grateful not. that all my friends are are clean and yeah, you know, have homes that are clean. Uh, so yeah. Dear Herbie, this is this is an interesting one. This I think you could debate a little bit. Uh, a friend of mine was asked to leave a restaurant after the check had been paid because people were waiting for tables, and he was highly insulted by this. My position was that it it was courteous to leave because people were waiting to have their dinner. He felt the waitress had no right to ask their party to leave. What is your take on this? So I feel like that's a new thing where like some of these restaurants have like a 90 minute max or two hour max. I think mm-hmm. it depends on the check. I've seen that. Like, how much was my bill? You know what I mean? If my bill was, you know, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, if it was less than 100, cool. I don't have a right to hold up your table all night. 400 bucks. And I've also been a server before and I know how important it is to be able to turn tables over and get more customers in so you can add to your tip total for the evening. I get that. But if we're talking about I came in here and spent some real money, the nerve of you to tell me I got to go the moment you bring me my credit card back. Like like hold on, like let us let my food settle a little bit. Let me finish this water and this conversation and We'll be out. You know, I'm not trying to spend the night, but don't rush me out of here either. If I just spent, you know, some real money here because you're trying to get the next person in. So I I, I could see it going both ways for sure. If you hold up my table with, you know, a relatively small check, you're wrong for that. You need to get your ass out. If you spent some real money, then I need to give you a little bit more of a grace period to come by. Now I might come by once or twice again and say, Hey, you guys need anything else or y'all good or like what's going on here. But to um, blatantly be like, Hey, y'all got to get out of here is a little rude. If they've, if they put some real money into the restaurant and into your tip. I think I'm mostly with you. I, I've seen just like you have a bunch of these, places more recently it seems like have something posted that says time limit 
and sometimes it's based on how many people are in your party. You get that amount of time. But I have, I, while I've seen it posted, I've never seen it enforced. I've never yeah. had someone be like, Hey, we're running a timer. You got four minutes left and you got to be out of here or something like that. <laughs> I do think there's discretion for it because one of the things I like, we talked about this on the show tone. I like going out to dinner late. I like being out there. I like being there till the place closes, but I know that uh, you can't do that if a it's busy and people are waiting for tables or B you're not buying anything at that point. So I kind of know like, Hey, if a place is pretty dead, then they don't really have any reason to hustle us out of there that I know of. Uh, or B if it is, then we need to order another bottle of wine to justify taking up. this right. table. And so that's on me to, you know, like if I'm going to, if I want to sit here for three or four hours, I got the right Read to do that, but, but I need to be a paying customer or I need, or it needs to be that no one needs this table. All right. Last one. Dear Herbie, I am a 40 plus year old single male. So that means you could be 49, right? Sure. You could be 63. Okay. So should I say that for as long as I can being 39? Should I just refer to myself instead of 39 as 30 plus? 30 or plus. Someone in their, thir- someone in their 30s? Depending on how confident you are. If you have okay. confidence, you know, you know, it don't matter. You're the man. I'm in my 30s. <laughs> What's up, bro? <laughs> just hanging out. Which way is east again? Listening to some TikToks, <laughs> not knowing directions or apostrophes. What's up, big dog? I'm in my 30s. <laughs> I am a 40. I am a 40. That's like the opposite of Grandma Russ. Yeah. Young Jason. Uh, I am a 40 plus year old single male. I recently started hanging out with one of my friend Tom's ex-girlfriends. It is now turning into more than friends. Hubba hubba. Editor's note. Uh, it is uh, Pam and I both have feelings for each other. She and Tom dated for five months and broke up eight months ago. Question, do I owe it to Tom to ask his permission or at least tell him I'm seeing her? Pam has asked me not to say anything and to let him find out on his own, which, by the way, he will because we have many mutual friends. I want to respect her choice, but also as Tom's friend, I feel the right thing to do is tell him, please advise. I'm stuck between her wishes and doing what I think is right. So as a 40 plus year old person, you know the value of friends. So you don't use friend lightly when you're 40 plus years old. You use friend lightly when you're 10 or even 20. That's what I've heard, bro. (laughs) But when you're 40 plus, you understand what it means to call someone your friend. So the fact that you're calling him your friend tells me you guys are pretty close and he would show up for you in your time of need as you would him. That being said, five months ain't really like that. Like, See, that's where I was. And I was wondering, am I being overly judgmental and dismissive to say it's just five months? Come on. Yeah, five, five months ain't really like that. Are we talking five years? Are we talking a couple years? Cool. Like, she'd be off the table. But five months, like, y'all was really just, like, talking and dating. Like, y'all wasn't really... I don't really like that. You know what I mean? So y'all need mm-hmm. y'all need to make it to a holiday for real, depending on when this thing started. Like, <laughs> like this 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 not this not like y'all couldn't have done y'all couldn't have done Valentine's Day 
and Christmas. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I guess y'all could have done Christmas. Yeah, if you had any, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But, but I like, get your point. Your, your point yeah, is well made. Like, so I, I, I say, I say you got to be able to go and talk to your friend. This is your friend. I still don't think you should just, he shouldn't find out about this from random mutual acquaintance. Hey, I saw your friend and that woman you dated for a few months out at dinner last night. He shouldn't find out that way. You should just he shouldn't hit find him up out like, from the streets, Tone. Nah, he shouldn't find out from the streets. Exactly. You, sh- you should be like, hey, bro, I know you was talking to Shorty, you know, last year for a couple weeks. You got to, you, when you, when you bring it up to him, you got to minimize it as much as possible. Like, you know what I mean? Well, hey, what remember, was it like a couple weeks or something? Remember that girl you kind of went to the show with that one time? Like, yeah, I, I bumped into her, you know, and uh, turns out she's pretty cool. We kind of vibing a little bit. Is it cool with you? If, you know, I just explore this for a while and see what's to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you all your friend, at least the conversation, but as your, as, with him being your friend back, he shouldn't be too tight about this five month situation. Let's do the news, Herb. Let's do it. Uh, have you been following any of the Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel, Pat McAfee? Minimally. That's a yes. That's a yes. We don't have to get into all of that. But uh, the short version is Aaron Rodgers accused Jimmy Kimmel, uh, supposedly jokingly, that he was going to be on this Jeffrey Epstein list. Uh, horrible accusation. And this could end up going to court. It was such a dumb thing to say. But Charles Barkley was asked about this on the CBS uh, morning show. And he said that if Rogers had said that about him, he would, quote, he, quote, would have punched him in the face, end quote. When asked to clarify exactly what he meant by that, Charles Barkley said, quote, you know what the hell punch him in the face means, unquote. Right. Yeah. What is there to clarify? What I said, punch yeah. him in the face. <laughs> Real maybe, one. Maybe they were giving him an opportunity to kind of. To walk it back? Yeah, to take it back a little bit, but they no. must not know who Charles is. They don't know. He ain't walking nothing back. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if Chuck has ever actually seen himself fight, but he thinks way higher of his boxing acumen than he should. Like, it, it don't matter for a dude willing to fight, though. That's hey, that's half the battle. Are you willing to engage? <laughs> it don't it don't matter. You could be the the wild swinger. Hey, if you're gonna keep coming back for the fight, I I can't hold him. Hundred percent. You're right on that. If it was me, I would have been on there and I'd have been like, if he said that about me, I would punch him in the face. And I'd be like, well, can you clarify what you mean by that? And I'd be like, yes, I was hoping you would ask that. What I mean by that is hire an attorney. <laughs> there you go. You got to know how Not to fight your one. fight. Not a real one. Not a real one. Uh, Tone, do I have this correct in my show notes here that you have some news items you need us to be aware of in, yes. in news? Yeah, okay. just, a couple, just a couple things. Uh, number one, uh, Eric Spolstra uh, just got the bag. Spo. Um, Resigned him the Miami Heat. He's one of Jason, the best boy. coaches, probably the best coach uh in the NBA uh right now. And uh he got the money and that that wasn't the news though. Like coaches get nice. resigned and extended all the time. No, but not like that. That's the most money a coach has ever gotten. Yes. Yes, but that wasn't that that still wasn't the the number one news. What's the uh, news about, about this if it's not so, that? The, it's not the, the number- biggest contract in North American sports coaching history. What is it? So the actual news is this was already coming down the line for Eric Spolstra, but 
Okay. He, he, he could have signed it Heat. months ago. He could have signed it months ago. But he and the Miami Heat agreed to not uh, sign the new deal until after Eric Spolstra's divorce was final. Oh, okay. Shout out to the city boys. The city boys uh, are up a billion. You understand me? Up a billion on that. So, hey, this is what you get. This is what you like. All right. We, we, you capped off at this. Your boy got another bag to get. Have a this, nice day. This is all I got. This is everything. Take whatever you want from this right here. Now, do you know got if another that's true, Tony? 150 coming. Do you know if that's true? Because I that wasn't in the Associated Press story that I read about it. Is it, is your source on that the Screets? Or it's the Screets. Do you, okay. It's the Screets. Go look it up. It's the, okay. it's the Screets. But I have it on, on a, a very, very good... Uh, assumption that this was the case that Eric Spolstra waited until his divorce was final. My own assumption. Okay. And uh, as soon as he was done, as soon as he left that court hearing and the papers were signed, he called over and said, send me the link and signed it right in front of her that he just signed the richest, one of the richest coaches contracts in uh, the history of sports. He did it on Dropbox. You talk about cooperation at the highest level. He just sends a text that says good to go. Pat Riley should should be in the, if he's not already in the, well, I think he is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He needs to go again. And Exposure (laughs) needs to go right now. And now they both in the City Boys Hall of Fame too. City Boys Hall of Fame. You talk about his divorce lawyers, his agent, Pat Riley, Spo, they all cooperated brilliantly in this thing to make sure that ex-wife who deserves whatever she got from what they had already earned together up to that point. Mm-hmm. But what's what I'm getting going forward, they got nothing to do with you, lady. Mm-hmm. Can I ask Can I ask a question real quick? Go ahead. What does city boys mean? <laughs> <laughs> so there is this... I, mean, I could um, pretend I know and just go along with it, but I don't. There's a hypothetical rivalry between the city boys and the city girls. And so when women have a perceived victory in the um, pop world, pop culture world, okay. anybody will say, oh, city girls are up. So say like, say like Spo's wife had known about this impending extension. And she just hung around for a while and she kept being nice and, you know, giving them okay. shoulder rubs. And you, then when he signed, she's like, Divorce, divorce papers. City girls would have went crazy. City girls like we up. All right, I get it. That's all. Okay. Started from a rap group, from rap girls. Was that it, Tone, or is there more? Do you have other news, or can I get Uh, back to to the news? Um, Everybody around Steph Curry is failing him. Mm. I don't know what's going on, but everybody in Stephen Curry's life is failing him his coaches his teammates uh and now his wife uh, you sound like you're describing like john morant's situation steph curry is sheesh. like almost a billionaire probably 30 mm-hmm. something year old like well i was not aware that steph curry was having a bad go of it yeah yeah i mean you you can never notice but his his life is on a downturn and not because of anything that he's doing um he's out here still being excellent He's the greatest uh, but, truth that ever lived. He's rich. He's handsome. What What's wrong with Steph? So, uh, again, does he his know teammates, that he's in crisis, or do you? Or oh, he knows. You know, he that knows. He's in have you Have you seen him on the bench after some of these losses? He knows. All right, I'm gonna let he you knows. finish. Go ahead, man. Right. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. obviously, his teammates are failing him. Clay Thompson is a shell of who he was. Draymond Green 
um, doesn't want to play basketball unless he's punching somebody in the face. <laughs> I don't think that's what he said, but that's uh, uh, that's your opinion. Steve, okay. Steve Kerr uh, is is dropping the ball coaching wise. Guys are complaining, leaking information. I mean, guys, I'm pretty sure don't feel safe being on the team, right? Under Steve Kerr, um, don't feel safe. Bob Myers left them knowing this is going downhill, uh, and and now. So you're saying the dynasty is over, and so that's Steph's problem. And now, yes. And now his wife, again, uh, for some reason, just publicly, just, it's like her number one job is to embarrass Steph in public. And it happened again. Uh, Again, I don't, the streets was talking, and she's on this show, this talk show, and she's holding up a picture, and it's a picture of her feet on her phone. And what she explains is, Steph Curry is really, really into feet, into her feet. I don't want to say just feet in general. He, he's into her feet. Is that uh, a direct and, quote? I, yes. For legal yes, reasons, I need to ask you. Okay. From her. Right. Uh, and whenever he says send nudes, apparently, she sends pictures of her bare feet. Really? And she made that information <laughs> public. That's funny. For the world That's to hilarious. consume. That why is, is Why is she out here not protecting her king? Okay, but like, if what he is it, going on? well, if he's into her feet, so what? But that's, also that's between that man and his wife, that is not for the national world to know. But also, it's hilarious that his code for it is send nudes. That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but still, it's like, come on, man! Like, a man can't be safe in his own home. What's the over under on the amount of? Feet pics got sent to Steph's DM the next day. Oh gosh, Ooh. yeah, yeah, it's probably Max. She yeah, Max. she he, he killed himself, Mama. She did it to herself. You ever get like you? You ever get that mess? I don't know if it still happens now that Twitter became X, but it, you would get something that said like you've sent, you've gotten too many tweets or sent too many tweets, mm-hmm. and there's stop notifications. Probably that. Probably that would happen. For sure. So yeah, that's that's the news of the streets. Okay. Well, good. Streets is Thank talking. you. Thank you for letting. Thanks for getting us up on that tone. Uh, all that sounds very unverified, but thank you. Look it up. Okay. Spo, Spo is a Hall of Famer, and Aisha Curry is the Jada Pinkett Smith of the NBA. <laughs> Got it. That sounds harsh, but all right. I have quite an incident to report to you, or the Associated Press does, from a Dunkin' Donuts in Winter Park, Florida. And I think just the setup there, you're intrigued. We're talking about a Dunkin' Donuts, and it's in Florida. I want to know what happened here. Uh, Paul Kerouac sued Dunkin' Donuts for $100,000 after a toilet in the men's bathroom exploded on him at this Dunkin' Donuts. Wait, what? He's, his lawsuit, Herb, says the explosion left him covered in feces, urine, oh. and debris. And when he walked out of the bathroom, which that must have been a sight. Oh, my God. When he walked out of the bathroom to ask employees for help, they told him they were, quote, aware of the problem with the toilet, unquote. I'm sorry, because there, what? Because there had been previous incidents. Hey, man. <laughs> He's he's better than me. He is better. I, I, I'm gonna fight somebody in my feces covered wardrobe 
Because that is crazy for you to say to me. Like, for that to be your response, we're aware of it. What? Yeah, but I could see that. I could see that. You know, I'm so glad you're here so we can complain about young people together. Because I'm just floored by the lack of friendliness and courtesy and general customer service. Like, I, you don't have to be all smiley and whatever. And, you know, if you're working at Starbucks or Chick-fil-A or something, I get it. Like, that's not a, that's not a, that's not your career probably, or that, that may not be a job that you love. That's fine. But you, like, if you got to be able to talk to another human being, you must, and I could totally picture, I, I walk out covered in all kinds of human mess and maybe even got like a, a shard of toilet porcelain, like stuck in me somewhere because of this right. explosion, some shrapnel. And I come out and they just look at me like, yeah, we know about the toilet. Yo, that or is Or they just crazy. stare blankly at you. I could see either of those things happening. I hope this guy gets his money now. I, I think he I think he's selling himself short. We need more than a hundred bands about this. Mm-hmm. Your toilet exploded on me. Let alone you, put me in you know about physical it. danger. It'd been happening but it before. Spewed feces and urine and sewer water on me. What what hey? I I tear this whole place down. Like what? Like Dunkin' Donuts is going to now be called Herb's Donuts. What? <laughs> no. Incidentally, I would go. I would go to a place named Herb's Donuts. That'd be good. That sounds. That's a good name for a donut shop owner. It that's is. one of there's one of the benefits to having an old timey name like Herb. There you go. Yeah. Uh, here's a wild time. So. Go with me on this. This is from AL.com, which is like the Birmingham, Alabama, statewide kind of news website. AL. AL, Tone. I'm not on the AOLs. Does that, they still have? Anyway. Uh, So, okay. So this actually happened. It's a Thursday night and you're in Leeds, Alabama, which is a suburb of Birmingham. And everybody, of course, is at the, the local Bass Pro Shop over there on Route 40. Or I don't know if that's really what where it is, but you get you get the idea. You guys ever been in a Bass Pro Shop? Yes. No. Okay. Tone, I'll fill you in. I have been in these before, but I'm very out of place in them because I'm not outdoorsy. I like you would probably try to go hiking in some some flip flops or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they sell outdoorsy stuff like kayaks and guns and uh, hunting clothes and cold weather gear and probably skis and stuff. I would think things like hey, that. You pull up and get the top from Bass Pro Shop. You could definitely get the top from see from, from that place. Could also get a fishing pole. Bass Pro uh, Shops. But they all have, they all have like this, it's weird to me, but they all have kind of this display in the middle, kind of this fake nature scene. There'd be like trees and a mountain and sometimes there's water involved. It's like a fish tank or kind of a pool of some kind. So it's a Thursday night, Bass Pro Shop, suburban Birmingham, 8 p.m. Suddenly, a 42-year-old man named George Owens crashes his car into a pole in the parking lot. Hmm. Gets out, strips off all his clothes in the parking lot, runs into the store runs up the stairs of their kind of nature scene that they've got going and cannonballs into the pool of water, which is kind of like, I saw a video of this, a video of this has gone viral. It's kind of like one of these pools of water they would have at the zoo 
where one right. side of it is just a glass window that everybody right. can look in. I think they probably keep fish in there maybe for display or something. Maybe it's like an aquarium. Uh, he he climbs out of this thing. He climbs over the glass and kind of flops out over the it, completely naked this entire time over the glass and splats on the floor and knocks himself unconscious with that impact. Then he comes to and by then the police have got him and they're kind of dragging him out, gliding him out uh, across the floor naked in a Bass Pro Shop. He was charged with the following public lewdness, disorderly conduct. Resisting arrest. Yeah. That's where we start to get in some real trouble. Because like public lewdness, you know, disorderly conduct, like who among us hasn't done that? Sure. Resisting arrest, we're getting to a higher level of seriousness here. And then we go on to assault on a police officer. That'll get you. Mm. Uh, And two counts of first degree criminal mischief and two counts of reckless endangerment. Uh, George Owens, according to the police, later told officers that he was on drugs during all of this had to be on drugs if he wasn't on drugs he would have been he must have been the guy who just left dunkin donuts with a toilet exploding on him full of feces so he stripped off his clothes and jumped in the nearest pool he could find uh to cleanse himself um (laughs) if you wake up naked on a floor and the police are handcuffing you I could see you resisting that. Like, hey, yo, what is going on? Let me go. Ra 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 ra. I could see that that resisting arresting. But I could also see how the police would be like, dude, you're naked, and I don't even <laughs> want to be arresting you because you're naked, and then you're flailing all around. Yeah. And I don't like it. I don't like it. So we're gonna charge <laughs> you with everything that we possibly can. I don't like um, it. I don't like it at all. Wow. Um <laughs> I can see it in my head because I've only been into Bass Pro Shop once. Actually, we were in Vegas a couple of years ago for a Bears game, and I I had left my binoculars back in Chicago, and so That's I went there. Another thing to, you could get there, Tone. That's another thing you could get there. That's a good. Yeah, point. I went there to buy binoculars before before the game, mm-hmm. and I see they had an escalator in this one to the second level, and under the escalator was where the nature display was, was where the bottle, the body of water was and the little fish, whatever. So I can see this guy just in this very shallow pool to be cannonballing in. First of all, Um, (laughs) yo, I don't know what kind of drugs he was on, but it wasn't like, he didn't like hit a joint or nothing. Like he was off something crazy. In that guy's defense, just one thing. I, I don't know that there's that much else to do on a Thursday night in Leeds, Alabama. That's real. <laughs> That's real. That's one, of, one of your options. Finally, Herb, a crazy story out of Houston, Texas, uh, from ABC 13 in Houston, where stray dogs snuck into a car dealership's lot and started ruining cars. Ruining them how? I'll, I'll tell you. G Motors, that's the name of the dealership, caught two dogs on surveillance footage. Caught them in 4K tone. <laughs> Scratching off paint and tearing bumpers off of cars. Wow. Just these two stray dogs. This is like what they do for fun. Instead of running naked and cannonballing in the Bass Pro Shops, what these dogs do is they go to car dealerships and just wreck cars. These are sell- They're selling used cars, too, at this place, so that might be a little more of a problem. Uh, the dealership said that these two dogs, one is a bull terrier mix and the other was unknown, 
uh, so far unknown at least. These two dogs did $350,000 worth of damage to their inventory. Again, scratching at the paint and pulling bumpers off cars. I don't know what what would incentivize the dog to rip a bumper off a car, but I'm not. I wouldn't be capable of thinking like a dog, probably. Maybe. Did you have a theory, Tone? It's just fun. Just fun. Okay. Fun. Need to entertain ourselves. We're just out here in the streets. Nobody loved us. Nobody ever loved us. (laughs) Nobody loved us. We out here. (laughs) Maybe the car dealership was actually a front for a drug smuggling ring mm, and okay. the dogs picked up the scent yeah and I see therefore going they were trying to get into these vehicles ripping off said bumpers and scratching at said vehicles yeah they're like uh fbi sniffing dogs i think they were i trying think, to crack a case they i were going think deep that's undercover what's going on. as strays I don't think these dogs are getting enough credit. I don't think okay. these dogs are getting enough credit for their work um, to protect our society. Shout out to these Houston dogs. They're getting it done at a high level. Both of these dogs have been captured, so they're not getting anything done right now. They were captured wow. and they are now at an animal shelter. Uh, G Motors sales manager, uh, Gaby Fikuri says, quote, we have never seen something like this. Dogs attacking cars and causing damage, but things happen, and there's always a solution for everything. Is there a way to recoup that bread? Like, is, I don't know that your insurance has like pit bull protection. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that counts as. Uh, can you call that an act of God? I don't. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't. An act of dog. I mean, I don't know if that's something that can be reimbursed. I don't know. Yeah, you might just got to eat that three fifty. I don't know. That's a lot. It's a lot. Even if you own a car dealership, that's a lot. That's a lot of inventory that got destroyed there. That's the news. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get our offer. Your first bet gets paid back in free future betting credits up to $1,500 if you don't win. You can bet on NBA, NHL. You can bet on the NFL playoffs. Just use our promo code ADJACENT1000 to get that offer. Your first bet with BetMGM gets paid back in free future betting credits up to $1,500. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Tony Gill, the littest producer in the game, the GOAT, is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and they've got a new sale going for 2024, and it's pretty simple, pretty easy to remember. 24% off everything. If you're like, how much percent off am I getting at Sheets and Giggles? I don't remember. Just think what year is it? Oh yeah, 24. Okay. 24% off the softest, best looking, most comfortable sheets you will ever own. I have them on my bed. Both these guys have them on theirs. Sheets and Giggles makes an unbelievable product. You upgrade your sleep, especially if you get the sheet set. That's my favorite thing. There's silky smooth, 100% eucalyptus. Go to sheetsgiggles.com. Slash S-A. This is how good those sheets are. My partner comes over to my house. And when I, like, if I go to work and leave her there, she always, like, straightens up and she'll, you know, wash clothes or, you know, make up the bed. And when she does that, because when I make up my bed, I always just rotate my sheets and giggle sheets. You know what I mean? I rotate my sets of sheets and Google sheets. I don't put any other ones on there. She doesn't 
quite know that until she'll put other sheets on my bed. And then I come home like, yo, what have you done to yeah. my bed? Like I rotate it's like these sleeping sets. in sandpaper. After you after you've been in the sheets and giggles, when it really feels completely different. It's like, no, I rotate these sets only. The rest of them are sheets I just used to own. I should really throw them out. I get upset with her when she does that. It sounds like a conversation you need to have. I do. Well, we've had it because it's not okay. Okay. This is the most upset I've ever seen you right now. Uh, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Tony Gill, the latest producer in the game. Good job today. Appreciate you uh, bringing us some supposed news. Getting to the bottom of three supposed sheets to the wind. That was, what was it? Supposed. Come on now. It's real. City boys are really up a billion, Jason. Oh, we have to say supposed about almost everything you ever say on here. Just to, just to keep you out of trouble. Just in case. Fair. Killing it today, though. Uh, Herb Howard, always great to have you. Herb Howard from the Bigs and CHGO and every television in every bar in Chicago 24-7, including while, we're, while we are recording this, according to him. Fantastic job, as always. Glad to have you, man. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you so very, very much for the invite. I don't know when I'm going to see you again, because once they did the year-end press conference, it's like, I don't want to. I, I want to go to Mexico and come back for come back at training camp. Like I don't want to. I need a break, man. Seriously. No, nah, I'm sure I'll see I'm you in like here. a week. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You were Jason to the mother Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.